0: Hello and welcome back to Cast. This is episode four uh, and I'm Robbie. Um, you'll notice today I'm on my own. It is a belated Valentine's Day special. So uh, I made sure it was only the, uh, the one heartthrob of Cairngorm uh, on the stage as it were today for the podcast. Um, and yeah, Harris is up north um, in, in the Cairngorms, potentially, or the Highlands, um, so he has left me uh, to orchestrate a podcast on my own. So what I have done is I've called in uh, a few questions on Instagram. Uh, I actually had asked, coming out of COVID, if anyone had any questions, and I didn't ever respond to them, so there are a few from that era, um, and there are mostly um, a few from uh an hour or so ago when we posted a we questions block on Instagram so um without further ado we'll just dive straight in um so that you can uh you can get closer to the uh, elusive crisp break which we'll be following at some point in the pod so let's see what we got i've kind of looked at some of these obviously i, I printed them out and cut them but i've not had much time to really ponder them so uh going for the big ones. Right. Okay. So first question is, do you go on trips to visit coffee farms? If yes, favorite place? The answer is no. So I don't have a favorite place. I have a kind of bucket list of where I'd like to go. Um, mainly, yeah, mainly central Africa. I love to go and check out Ethiopia, Kenya, uh, um, not necessarily central, um, Rwanda, Burundi, There's a lot of places I'd love to go and check out, um, coffee farm-wise. The reason we haven't, um, we've got quite a clear view on this, is that as a business currently right now, we're not big enough to warrant really buying enough volume from coffee farms. Uh, And so we feel quite strongly that we don't want to waste people's time. I know that maybe seems a bit strange, um, but the majority of um, the... The ways we source coffee at the moment are through uh, importer partners who are buying in decent bulk um, and they are sharing that coffee amongst smaller uh, independent roasters like ourselves, um, which means they're able to give more value to the producers and the farmers than than we would. Um. And so I think it's on our bucket list of things to do, but not until we get uh, slightly bigger. Um, having said that, I know a lot of, of um, roasters do go Uh, and you know you you don't necessarily have to be going just to buy I think there's it'd be quite an eye-opening thing for us to be able to do um but we're just trying to pick our moments and make sure uh, we do it at the right time. Right Mm -hmm. moving on. What is the perfect coffee to milk ratio in a flat white? We have talked about this quite a lot recently um We went through a period of discussing whether we could do one shot flat whites in the shop, um, and we've decided not to do that, but we think it tastes good. So I think, um, I'm trying to work out in my head, so we do about an ounce and a half of espresso, so like 40 grams of espresso for most of our, our coffees, everything is double shot at the moment in in the shops, um. And so that is probably one to three and a half of milk. So say three to four parts milk to one part espresso is about a flat white, if you're doing a five or a sixer answer. Um, and I think that's probably the answer. Um, Just depends on how milky you want it. Find a good coffee that cuts through milk well is the answer. Um, <laughs> why is plant bay so cool? Why is plant bay so cool? <laughs> um... Plant Bay is a wholesale customer of ours, um, who are fantastic, um, and they opened uh, fairly recently, quite close to to us, uh, on Easter Road in Leith. Um, is that Leith? Yeah, I guess. Um, and they do a lot of great stuff, um, and it's a very cool, very um, relaxed vibe, and I would recommend you check it out because it is indeed very cool. But mainly because the coffee they serve is fantastic. Gilly pleasure. How has running a business changed since you had kids? Getting to the big ones. Um, running, is uh, a good question. I think there are positive and negative aspects. Um, and that sounds a bit harsh. I'm not in for the... the uh, the remotest part, s- suggesting that is any I, I find it bad having kids. <laughs> I'm, I'm rambling. Um, it's good because it really sets a parameter for my work day. Um, there are obviously in the mornings and the evenings now more important things than running a business and I think many old people will tell you that one of the hardest things about running a business is switching off, um, especially in the kind of work from home culture. P- arguably, a lot of um, people who who now absorb that that culture, m- work in offices, but work f- in offices from their home, are probably now starting to understand the the issue that uh, the business owners have have struggled with for a long time. In the um, yeah, you you can't really escape work. Um, there's always something to be done, um, and the the working uh, day, the hours seem to kind of transcend the normal working day. But I think um, I, I now have a bit of reality check that I have to look after a child in the morning get them to nursery for the most part before I can start my day and then I have to get back in time for for bedtime um, as much as possible and I think that has been a very positive thing for my um, for my uh, chances of burnout shall we say um, it kind of just keeps things in check um, obviously in, in terms of trying to scale a business I um, it does mean you have less time to dedicate, um, to, you know, working late. Uh, so that, that is a, a, an aspect which Harris and I've discussed at length where, you know, um, it is having kids and and running a business is a, a a factor which can impede, um, expansion and, um, more just impede the speed at which you expand. I think he has referenced in the past. uh, I'm going to have to ask my my friend here, Jack uh, what's the, the last guy, the, the name who started Tesla again? Elon Musk, I'm not very trendy no but apparently he was saying that um, he thinks he got such a head start in business because he was doing like 80 hour days uh, and obviously that's just not um, plausible with, with kids uh, at least in my opinion, at least I think if you want to be there and be present and um, yeah, put in the hours that, that being a parent um, require. So um, I don't know if that answers the question, but quite a waffly one. Uh, I love my kids. What's your biggest fear? Um, not being around enough for my kids. <laughs> Probably one of them. Uh, I was thinking today when I first had Jamie, my, my eldest son, um, I Kind of said to m- in my head like I'm never n- gonna miss bedtime. I'm always gonna be there for bedtime, and um, the reality has sunk in that it's not always possible. Apart from that, the biggest fear is spiders. I have an ar- 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 arachnophobia for sp- of spiders. I am terrified. Um, other biggest fears, uh, if we want to go deep, um, not amounting to um, to what I uh, expect of myself. Uh, i've got fairly high standards for um what i think i can achieve and and that's a kind of recurring fears that uh one day i might uh come to the realization that i haven't achieved that quite deep <laughs> moving on what country could benefit from growing coffee beans um well i guess the answer to that is probably every country um I was chatting to Matt at Langdon recently, one of our coffee importers, um, who was talking to me about Uganda and how um, he'd gone over there to cup uh, coffees in Uganda t- to pick um, which farms they wanted to represent. And he, the, the actual QC session, the green buying session, was located in the British embassy um, and was attended, I think, by some pretty um, serious characters. And I think... Um, that was a kind of reminder to to me, and I think to him, that how important uh, to the economy in um, in these countries that coffee has grown. Uh, coffee is um, obviously uh, it, it can be the biggest export in some of the, the uh, larger producing uh, origins, and I think yeah, we can't uh, understate how important to the global economy coffee really is. Um, so, in some of the the newer regions, I think it um, it will become. Extremely important, and um, I think a lot of them are are going pretty fast in terms of their increase in quality. So I think um, they're skipping ahead a few few generations, I would say, which is great. Um, next question: What are the costs associated associated with opening and running a coffee spot? we kind of answered this question before in episode two i think it was two yeah um harris and i really went pretty um pretty deep into uh my experience mainly with starting frederick street and and the costs that were associated with that i think the the age-old thing with these things is it's always going to cost more and take longer than you expect um so i think you should always just make sure you've got a decent amount of uh cash flow at your disposal Um, if you are going to go down the route of running a coffee spot um, it can be I think something we didn't really touch on in that which got kind of missed in the kind of the doom and gloom of of how hard it can be is um, how rewarding it can be and I think um, even though there are a lot of costs associated with it uh, it is very rewarding and I would highly recommend it in terms of the continual running um, (laughs) I would, I would say uh, as a brief outline, put 25% down for staff plus and um, 20% to the Vatman <laughs> and a decent wedge depending where you want to go and rent um, and be a defeatist when you're doing your, your, um, your business plan because it does take a bit of time. Um, but if you want to any advice? We're we're pretty open books. So we're happy to I'm um, try and uh, help out wherever we can. Um, uh, okay. Next question: If Karen Gorm could take over one coffee shop in the world, what what would it be? Um. So that is a very good question. I count myself relatively lucky to have visited quite a few um, of my favourite cities for coffee um, over the past wee while. I think when you get really into coffee, I'm sure a lot of people will attest, uh, you become almost a coffee tourist and you you can really plan and dig into uh, some of the spots that you intend to go to and probably off the back of that end up going to places you know have great coffee. Um, some of them for me, um, so I went to, I went so, uh, uh, Say Coffee, I think in Brooklyn, was, is one of them. I think it was a really cool I'd never really I'd never actually been to Brooklyn um and uh it was just a really cool vibe uh it, it's a a converted garage you go in super minimal um like we're talking cement floors uh bare woods uh furniture and house plants pretty cool and then at the back a glass wall with the roaster in there um and it just had a cool vibe. Um I would it would be a dream to own a place in, in the east coast of, of uh of America. So I think I would say say coffee in um in there. Um yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Say say what? Uh would you ever row the Atlantic Ocean? <laughs> I know who is suggest who's asked this. Um my Co- three cousins became the first three brothers to row uh, the, the Atlantic Ocean in the Talisker Challenge, um, and they are absolutely bonkers. Uh, I don't think um, – I like to think – like Harrison and I talk a lot about adventure and how um, we've got a lot of time for it. Skipping back, having kids makes things like that quite challenging. It is like a th- – well, I think it's like a two- or three-month commitment of rowing um, and a lot of training beyond that. So I think um, it do- is quite all-consuming. Um Fraser who owns um the Taybank Hotel in Dunkeld I was chatting to him, he did it. Uh and I was commending him because running a business and training for something like that and executing that successfully is an unbelievable feat. Um but yeah, if I'm honest with myself, uh it terrifies me. The thought of the Marlin coming swordfish coming up through through the uh the the bottom of the boat with their sword noses. Me, that freaks me out, no end. And also going to number twos in a bucket is pretty rank. Um, but kudos to everyone who's done it. Do you think you'll still run Cairngorm when you're sixty? No, that is a very good question. Um, I, I'm going back to my earlier comment about my biggest fear being that I won't amount to what the standards I hold for myself. Myse- um, the standards I hold for myself currently are. Um, to be, uh, to be, yeah, in a far, um, better position than I'm in now. That sounds really backwards, but I'm feel extremely fortunate, um, in the position I'm in currently. Um, but, uh, I'm only 33, so that's almost double my life, uh, away. Um, so hopefully I will have evolved into, um, other things, but, uh, if I am still running Cairngorm, I will be delighted. I have a lot of fun and really enjoy it. And I probably should say, I would still love to own Cairngorm. I think I would just like to have seen it uh, continually grow. I think organic growth within that time uh, would hopefully mean it's um, it's, uh, evolved into something which I can be extremely proud of. Biggest regret so far is the next question. Um, Biggest regret so far... That is a good question. Um, I would probably say a lot of my biggest regrets in business have been um, not having enough skill sets in management and leadership. Um, I think uh, everyone can start a business and uh, a lot of people do start coffee shops without any real understanding of what it takes um, in terms of your asking Members of uh, the community to to give up years of their life to contribute to your business, Um, and uh, it's very important that that is repaid, Uh, and it's definitely something that which we have put a lot of thought into. Certainly, over the last year, last couple of years, it's something we're always trying to get better at. Um, But it's probably the thing which um, keeps me up at night quite often. Uh, Am I helping uh, staff fulfill their potential? That's quite cryptic. (laughs) Next one. Are there any coffee shops with great coffee but overlooked due to poor branding? Um, I think there are a lot of businesses which are uh, overlooked due to poor branding, Um, which is sacrilege because, you know, you've gone to Fiverr and get someone who can help you with branding. (laughs) Jack's looking at me funny. Uh, But, uh, yeah, there is definitely. I think people... um, yeah, people struggle even just with coming up with names for. If we're talking about coffee shops, yeah, um, coming up with names for coffee shops. I don't think they need to be um, particularly particularly uh, clever, or um, yeah, they just have to be uh, simple words. In my book, um, trying to think, great coffee shops have been overlooked. I'm going to come back to that one, I just want to start doing this but I'm going to come back and have a think about that Um, because I'm sure there will be I don't want to forget question, why am I such a horrible person before I have coffee, not directed at me, thank god Uh, I think that's directed at them or directed, anyway, why am I a horrible person before I have coffee, in a general sense um, yeah mate, coffee you need that stuff in the morning Uh, there ain't nobody getting up in the morning and apart from Jack, and feeling good without coffee. Um, but I'm sure you're not a horrible person. I'm, sure you're. I'm sometimes more horrible after I've had too much coffee, I would say. Uh, is there a difference in coffee options between your shop locations? There is. Um, it's something we've not struggled with, but has been a kind of contentious one um, for me, certainly. Uh, having a, a brand which is very much a micro, it's not even a micro chain, but having three shops in one city, um, uh, it feels kind of strange to have different coffee offerings in all of those places. When we opened our second shop at Melville, we were very keen to keep it very different to our first shop as a means of trying to uh, give, or not give the impression, to make sure that people understood that we were an independent business and we weren't just um, some kind of, a highly wealthy corporate chain who um, was uh, opening shops left, right and centre. I don't know why we thought that opening a second shop doesn't really give that impression. However, um, yes, to answer your question, they are different. Frederick Street has a bit more of a curated selection. We also get the chance there um, to work with other roasters that we admire, um, which has been really fantastic. Um, It's currently the only location which does pour-overs in it. the shots are also frozen. They're all done through an EK. Uh, there's a lot of cha- differences there. Um, Malville is uh, a little more high volume, so we opt more towards batch brew um, for a filter option. Um, and um, we have our guilty pleasure on there as uh, our kind of house as opposed to Frederick Street, which has three singles on espresso. Uh Wild again um it is similar to Melville, but it's uh, slightly more streamlined. Um, but those two aren't, I guess, too different. Um, yeah, we do try and just mix it up and have kind of different coffees in each one all the time. We actually try and uh, empower the staff to, to place those orders and decide what they want to serve from our offerings. Who is the most famous person that you have served? I have an answer for that. Uh, m- uh, most famous or person that I... L- was excited, most excited about on the latter end of that question, the person I was most excited about serving was uh, Matthew Horn, Gavin of Gavin and Stacey, uh, one of my favourite programmes he came into Frederick Street one fringe Um, I've made coffee for J.K. Rowling might get cancelled for saying that Uh, I have um, we've had Isla Fisher in Melville, we've had the actor from Scooby-Doo it was a pretty cool. I'm sure the, the Scottish rugby team. I'm a massive rugby player. Um, not massive rugby player. I'm a massive rugby fan. Uh, we've, so we've had the England rugby team in a couple of times, which is cool. And uh, the Scotland one um, uh, more frequently, which is always a, a, a real buzz for me. In contrast, oh, that was obviously a double ended one. OK. It says in contrast, but let's just say, what is the most rewarding part of owning a coffee business? The most rewarding part of owning a coffee business um, is, um, is highly romantic, uh, since it's Valent- just off Valentine's Day. It's romantic in a sense that you get to sample green coffees before they're shipped often, then you get to receive them months later, you get to profile them you get to market them, you get to sell them, and then you get to go into your coffee shop. Hopefully, at the end of the day, and have a delicious uh, beverage. Which um, certainly our our scale our level, um, we've you know I'm very fortunate to have many touching points along that journey from uh, sourcing uh, green and green buying um, to being able to go in and uh, enjoy it being made by our great baristas. So I think um, that's a very rewarding thing. Anytime I get to go in as well on a day off with kids or and my wife and have a coffee um, uh, and, you know, absorb or soak in an atmosphere which I've kind of contributed to is, is a really rewarding thing. Uh, what social media platform do you find most efficient in promoting coffee and why? Well, the answer to that um, is Instagram, but Probably only because, well, not only, but certainly for us, it's the one we've dedicated the most consistent time to over a course of of time. Facebook has has, uh, died a wee bit for us. TikTok is on the rise. But, um, yeah, Instagram, we we seem to to enjoy tracking to see if that has an impact on our sales. Uh, Who is your favourite OG customer? I saw who this question came in from. So the answer is Richie. (laughs) Um, who and actually, uh, uh, my favorite OG customer. So, I th- what I will say on this is this. Richie wrote this question. Richie was an old regular um, who used to come into Frederick Street very often before he moved uh, through to Glasgow, um, and he he worked he worked on the corner of Frederick Street, and he would come up and and the guys who worked in the boutique um, would come in regularly, and I think. Um, uh, it's really um important or not so important but it's um it's interesting for me that uh how much of a lasting uh, impact regular customers have made on on me and my my um my time working in coffee i think it probably uh is something that they would imagine is overlooked um but uh you know i i, so I do think about uh, customers often, if you've know, had as regulars, and you know, wonder what they're up to, which is <laughs> a bit strange. But you know, um, it is an interesting bond that the barista, barista, and the uh, customers um, create, and I think um, yeah, it can't be overlooked. Uh, and we can't um, we can't uh, undervalue how much um, they have brought to the business. You know, with suggestions, with you know, regular uh, income um, in buying coffee. Um, We have some great customers Uh, One that stands out, Aoife For example, who has two subscriptions With us Uh, Used to come into Frederick Street every day With her dogs and a partner And um, Yeah, I think uh, And and still engages with our content um, Regularly and I think that is uh, Something that we really Value highly Um, So yeah There's a lot of great OG customers what has been the most difficult or challenging part of owning a coffee business? Um, so, the most difficult or challenging part of owning... Uh, I think um, the majority of people who start coffee businesses, um, this is their first business. Uh, and I think um, there are many, many, many challenges and difficulties in starting a, a business from scratch. Um, I alluded to earlier, you know, not necessarily having great managerial or leadership skills. Um, and I think uh, it can, can be really challenging. There, there's also, I, it really depends the scope at which um, your coffee business operates. If you are a coffee roastery, um, it will differ to a, a cafe, but uh, we've found the last year extremely uh, challenging um, from a coffee roasting standpoint um, with the cost of green coffee. Um, going through the roof at the same time as you know, gas prices, electricity prices, all these things that need to then be factored in. And the challenging thing there for us has been that um, over time cultur- culturally, I think that people develop a cost in their mind of what coffee is worth, um, the same way in which you know you might do with a pint of milk or um, or, or anything else of that nature. And I think um, the, it's been tough for us to, to feel like the prices have to go up to a point uh, which feels un- may- not uncomfortable, but maybe um, we feel like it's uh, ho- it's not going to necessarily be recognised that it, it has that value. Um, so that's a very small part of, uh, of the challenges, but there are obviously m- many daily struggles. Um, it's a very, very, very challenging product to work with, unlike um, a bottle of whiskey where uh, you bottle it up, you put it on the shelf um, and ship it out, uh and it deteriorates very um uh uh very little post being bottled and I think uh you know coffee is different. It, it ages very fast um and so the shelf life is, is extremely small. Um and so people that pry, uh, pride themselves on quality like ourselves not wanting to sell coffee long beyond roast dates can be quite tough. Um but then you throw into the mix the fact that actually roasted coffee tastes better, and that's a whole, again, a cultural um, misunderstanding for for people to um to to try and for us to try and communicate to customers, which is tough. Um, but uh, on the whiskey uh, uh, train of thought, I think you know uh, again, you open the bottle, you pour it out, you are then experiencing that product as the um, distillers um, uh, had determined it should be tasted. Um, whilst with coffee, there are so many variables which can really change and uh, and um, yeah, change the the coffee for the worse um, throughout the, the process of making it and when it's brewed and all these things. So that's quite challenging as a product to work with. Um, right, oh my God, I'm going to try and start speeding up. Chris break. All right, we'll, we'll do a quick one because that was getting quite heavy. Um, today... Delighted to show you um, some sizzling McCoys, which is cool. I will also just give myself a wee shot of insulin because um, that's a that is a um, aspect of um, running a business which I've never touched on. But you know, I've got a type one diabetes fat since I was four, um, which makes it interesting to try and uh, keep healthy at the same time as being stressed out. Uh, but today, um, we have Sizzling King Prawn McCoy's Ridge Cut. Um, we have a thing where we just go to the cash and carry when we're buying blue roll and buy random crisps. So we've got boxes of crisps in here. Uh, hence the Cheetos last week. Yeah. Um, I'm going have to have to uh, try and eat these at the same time as speaking. Usually, Harris and I could have taken turns and, and eaten crisps, but. I'll just have a quick one I'll tell you. So, if you've you've had McCoys before, I don't know if we have any uh, foreign listeners. Um, their taglines are real McCoy. And they. I feel like they're Scottish. Are they Scottish? Mm, I mean, they're. The P.O. box is in Leicester, but you know, that doesn't mean anything. Um, they're very good. I'm going to say 7 out of 10. I can't remember what I gave the Cheetos, but they're in and around that. Uh, very flavorful, good crunch. You'll hear it. I'm on the boss. Well, let's go on to the next question. Um, top 5 big juicy coffees you've had recently. Well, Now I'm feeling refreshed, let me tell you about them. I went to Beatnik at the weekend. Fantastic. It was a Bonanza coffee, I think it was a... Oh, no, was it Costa Rican? Whatever it was, it was great. Um, So they've got some banging coffees. So that's a Berlin roaster. Um, I'm currently getting through a Kamwangi Kenyan from Sweven, which is delicious. Uh, I also had a great Artisan Roast Kenyan, which Kate um, had brought into the roastery, which is real good. Um, I really need to name drop one of our coffees, don't I? <laughs> um, the Grand Slam blend, baby! Yeah, no, it's actually surprising. Oh, I shouldn't say surprisingly. It is very good. It's a blend of three coffees, which um, I think... Jack was concerned that it wouldn't have enough clarity or uh, complexity as a result of that, but it's very, very juicy. Um, Final one, final one, what shall I say? Um, Oh, I had... uh, Who was it from? It was a a flat white from um, Lowdown, um, and it was tremendous. I'm just trying to remember who it was. Was it Dak or was it Swevin? In any case... Low down, great. All the guys in roastery are raving about anti as well on the road, and I've been, and I also enjoy that. So I know that is three coffee shops as opposed to coffees necessarily, but there you go. Next one, this, this is quite coffee-centric, which is good. Strawberry fermented coffee, yay or nay? That one was asked a while back, and I didn't get around to it because I didn't know how to answer it. Um, but um, I would say... Yay more than nay. Uh, I've been a wee bit on the fence um, with this. I think the coffee industry has been a little bit um, uh, up and down on whether to accept um, fruit infused coffees into our specialty bracket, uh, as it were. Um, You know, they're not necessarily allowed in in UKBC competitions um, because they're imparting too much flavour. uh, and, and I guess then uh, ruining the natural terroir and an impact of processing and this kind of stuff obviously it is a process that is done, but um, you're really injecting flavour. Um, our first experience with that was we did an apple-infused coffee um, with uh, Fazenda Citec in Brazil, um, and it was incredible. We, we found um, to do that project, we had to buy quite a lot of it, and uh, I think... Um, It could be quite polarising. So I think uh, strawberry fermented coffee will 100% be the kind of coffee which you want once or twice a week but maybe don't want every morning. Um, But I think it's cool. like It's nice to see the industry being pushed in a different direction. Next question. How's the new shop going, which will be in reference to Bonnie and Wild? Um, It is going well. It's been interesting, uh, having been through Christmas now. Um, Obviously, we had... Uh, our first Christmas and our first Fringe. The Fringe was a bit hectic because we weren't long open uh, and I had a two-week-old baby um, to contend with, um, which was fun, but, um, yeah, it's going really well. I think Christmas is great. There were periods when, you know, it's super cold outside and less people are maybe coming into our other two stores as a result and going down the high street, but um, in the... uh, Uh, St James quarter where they're going into a big shopping centre and they're able to uh, go and do shopping at the same time and then dash up for a a specialty coffee it's pretty cool so I think it's been it has been going well Um, and yeah long may it continue please pop by and let us know what you think Um, how is Matt enjoying it has Matt done a handstand yet uh Matt is not here to tell you himself if he's enjoying it but we had a great lunch on Monday him and I through in Glasgow, went to gaga um just to shoot the sh- um, and um yeah I think um he is a very 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 uh, uh important asset to our our business now um, in terms of uh, the work he does in the wholesale um, and generally just being a real beacon of light in uh in uh grocery, which uh, can be hard work. Hasn't done a, ha- uh, has he done a handstand? Maybe has done a handstand. I was in Glasgow with him, as I said, on Monday, uh, Friday. We went to Story Shop, our marketeers, and they asked him to do one, and he said no. So, I don't know whether he's kind of over the handstand craze, but probably not. Uh, next question, any barriers for obtaining coffee after Brexit from EU countries? Example, Coffee Collective. Um I can answer this only from ex- uh conversations I've had with other um other cafes who are importing. I know uh, Paul um buys a uh, lowdown buys a lot of coffee um from the EU um and has uh not necessarily found it easy. I know um was saying the, the same thing. It's more a case of delays more than anything. Um we've experienced it. We actually ended up cutting uh, our option to send coffee to the EU, uh, which is something we really didn't want to do. But after Brexit, we had a few issues where coffee was being sent back. In one case, quite a lot of it, um, which obviously, as we we were talking before about resting dates, um, it's not great if coffee is uh, stuck in the Czech Republic for a month and then returned. Um, so we've not had a huge amount of issues, but we've been quite... Um, closed off to buying anything from EU for, for a bit now, which is really sad. Um, when we opened at Melville, our, it was a real driver for us to buy coffee from um, from other places. We were buying a lot of our coffee from La Cabra, from uh, Goods Life in Finland. Um, we are buying from The Barn, you know, uh, and I think um, it was definitely a part of uh, what inspired us when we opened there. So um, hopefully we can find easier ways of... Getting that trade open. Um, the next one, are... Oh man. Are certain... I just saw the word black sheep and got nervous. <laughs> are certain coffee shops, brackets black sheep, overhyped by branding rather than decent coffee? Um, uh, it Depends. I don't know how hyped they are. I don't know um, how... If we're talking about black sheep and sp- specifically, which uh, shouldn't probably be publicly talking about... <laughs> Uh, and I would, let's be fair, I'm not bad-mouthing them, so I can, I can speak about them, I suppose. Um, are they overhyped by branding? I think what I would say is they're maybe not overhyped. I think they have gone um, more than most committed hard to branding. Um, and I think going back to talking about how um, branding can be very important, uh, as, as you maybe know if you followed us for a while, we're very um, of the opinion that marketing is an extremely um, powerful asset Even for small businesses, um, especially for small businesses to try and stand out. I think um, they've obviously been very considerate in their approach, had a very clear message. Um, I think the message was around the fact they use Robusta, a specialty grade Robusta, um, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, um, But I think probably the, maybe the, I would say the disdain in this. the way I'm perceiving this message is probably more around the fact they've scaled quite fast. So yeah, I think um are certain coffee shops overhyped by branding rather than decent coffee. Uh yeah, definitely. Um I'm sure yeah, there's there's a lot of places I expect to have incredible coffee and don't. Um and yeah, that you know, it's a very wide market. i like, that's absolutely fine. People probably think um Maybe think uh, of opinions on us about, you know, they may have seen something on Instagram and then it's not been up to their standards. Um, But, yeah, I think it's sometimes the industry or the world we live in, it's almost, uh, you don't want to be hyped too hard because there's only one way to go, isn't there? Um, Why haven't you opened in Glasgow yet, says the next question, which is an interesting question because... Um, I actually was born in Glasgow, all my family are from Glasgow and lived in Glasgow for five years when I was a sprog, uh, then went to uni there, ish, went to uni there, but, uh, but lived in Glasgow in it, so um, basically the same thing. So. Um, yeah, so I've spent many years living uh, in Glasgow and uh, would love to, to open a shop there um, when the time was right, um, I don't know, what do you guys think? Uh, is there room for a caring Gor in Glasgow maybe not um there's a very very good scene there right oh we've got two questions left. How are we doing time wise is that good Oh good okay um is it difficult to balance between caring for staff and having the best for your business um that is a very strong and interesting question. Is it difficult to balance between caring for your staff and having the best for your business? Um, so the, it's an interesting question because, um, it is, um, and I know the correct answer is the most important thing is caring for your staff. However, not having the best for your business, uh, doesn't necessarily give the best for your staff. Um, so I would suggest that, um, you know, a lot of the decisions we make and a lot of the 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 routes we try and drive the business down um, have the best interests of our our um, workforce uh, uh, wrapped up in that. Um, you know, if we if we aren't making enough profit, then we can't raise wages, um, and you know, do the fun stuff that we try and do like uh, yoga nights or um, staff parties or or, or whatever else. Um, it's definitely something that's at the forefront of our mind. I think we're keen to try and get the right balance um, where staff can um, build careers at Cairngorm. Um, but... Um, yeah, but we need to try and make sure the business um, is uh, strong enough to support that, and I think that's it's a challenging one. But... Um, yeah, we'll always put... Um, Put the staff in in uh, in the loop of any decisions we make. I think it's very important, as I alluded to before. Um, people are giving up their time to to dedicate to trying to make this business better, uh, and I guess to some extent, um, you know, Harris and I are are employees of the business essentially. Um, you know, we we uh, we want to try and. Um, think about the business as an entity which protects us all and keeps us all happy and healthy and well cared for. Uh, one more here, then I need to go back to this other one, but would Harrison Robbie be more likely to become, it says WWE tag team champions, but I'm more of a WWF uh, era kind of guy. And I know the person that's asked this question will be as well. So I'm going to rephrase it. Would Harrison Robbie be more likely, would be more likely to become WWF tag team champions or strictly uh, 100% WWF tag team champions. <laughs> no, definitely, 100%, because um, not many people know this, but Harris and I have done a fair bit of wrestling with each other. And, well, that came out weird. <laughs> what I mean was, when we were young, we used to uh, set up wrestling rings at home. Uh, I remember one time in the garden... With a hose that we put around some chairs in the corners, the turnstile uh had a great time another time actually I was even younger. I must have been seven eight. Harris and I were um pretending we were the rock in triple h or something in in uh in my parents' living room, and they had friends over and I remember we were uh getting uh getting into it with the with the old uh scissor kicks and um the people's elbow and all these things, and uh, I went for a frog splash, or uh, and he put his, his knees up, and uh, I landed on him and winded myself very badly. And I'm a, a couple of years younger than Harris, so I uh, then um, ran through to my parents crying, saying that Harris had hurt me. <laughs> uh But yeah, all of that practice means I think we'd be better at tag team champions rather than strictly come dancing champions. Let me just quickly, before we wrap up, look at... I think I'm more WWE and Harrison more strictly. You see, walking a dance you think he would do the salsa? The frock, foxtrot. I'm just checking to see if we've got any other questions before we wrap up. We've got a couple here. Uh, I'll do these quickly then. Um, okay, so the first one, uh, Café Fica Coffee, um, which is, uh, a really cool cafe in, uh, Forrest, I believe. Um, I can't double check that, but I'm pretty sure. Um, which is where, near to where Harris and I are from, um, kind of in Murray. Um, they said, challenges you face working in coffee and what you learn from them. Um, I would say the challenges I have faced working in coffee and what, um, I think uh with every industry coffee um, not excluding I think uh social media has made it extremely hard um to uh to to pump yourself up as, as uh, I think there's there's always someone who's doing something better than you someone who's got better latte art someone who's um you know smashed it at the UKBCs um and it's hard to um not to feel competitive i guess um so I, I think in in most things it's the generation we live in i think social media can be quite a um a bad thing um when you're trying to measure your own success um so that's quite tough i think apart from that challenges just running running a business is is, is hard uh, in coffee specifically um we've we've in, in terms of buying coffee we've missed um, estimated how much coffee we need to buy and ended up with far more than we can possibly sell. And that can be a uh, pretty pretty, um, pretty big mistake um, financially and uh, and quality-wise because obviously coffee um, ages uh, when it's roasted but also ages when it's uh, green. So uh, you don't want to have um, dank coffee. Um, so thank you for that question. Another one, kilted coffee. Coff- coffee uh up in Ab- aberdeen um what's been the biggest gamble you've taken in business Ah, what's been the biggest gamble um <sighs> it might be we oh, we've almost taken a few big gambles in the past couple of months <laughs> um with um uh, new units um so i would say we've swerved some gambles that we were we were working on um and I think in hindsight we were we were relatively glad we um we've gone in a different direction that's again very cryptic but um and Biggs Gamble that I can talk about publicly um I mean opening a second shop for me was was a fairly big gamble um you know I wasn't sure if that was going to 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 come off a a good one would be the Christmas advert really you know that um came at a time when investing um you know uh, uh, for what for us is is far more than we can afford in a marketing budget what well, was a gamble um has it paid off paid off uh you'll have to listen to our our second episode of the pod but um or the first episode um but yeah you just gotta you gotta take gambles i think it's i was chatting to. To uh, to Matt again at, at lunch on Friday, and was saying, it's, "Running a business is a game, isn't it? It's just, you know, you're you're trying to to do different things and see if that works. If that doesn't work, um, and you're trying to make customers and and the people within the business happy along the way, um, so uh, you're not taking gambles all the time, but um, you're having to make decisions uh, on a very super regular basis, uh, which which can uh, can sometimes not pay off. Uh here's a good one to end on. Well I'll end on that one, but I'll go back to this one before I do. Are there any coffee shops with great coffee but overlooked due to poor branding? How have I got an answer to that? Um I think now uh this is not poor branding. Is it no? I'm like some of the kind of really minimal, simple shops which the branding's fairly light. I was talking the other day about like Rosalind as an example in London where their branding is is super uh, chill. It's like um, pastel colour and font. um, And they've kind of allowed the the experience, the customer experience to do the talking. Um, And so uh, I wouldn't say it gets overlooked. It's obviously doing extremely well, very well indeed. But um, I they've maybe not gone too hard on, on the, the branding side. Well, maybe I'm being harsher. I'm like, um, it is very curated. Maybe I've completely missed the mark on this question, um, but it's a fantastic place. So I feel like, um, yeah, maybe they just don't, don't need to go too heavy on, on branding. Um, what else would I say? I don't know. Let's just leave it at that. And let's go to the final question, which is, um, what is the ultimate goal for Cairngorm Coffee? which is a huge clangor of a question to end on. Um, the ultimate goal for Cairngorm Coffee, we set out, uh, we made the decision end of 2021. We're like, we want to be the the best roastery in Scotland. Um, and that is m- not misguided. There are some incredible coffee roasteries uh, doing things far better than we could imagine currently in Scotland. Um, so I don't think that is a sentiment which is trying to uh, ruffle feathers more a case of um, you know we're trying to set big big uh, goals for ourselves we've got big ambitions um, so I think that that would be a big one H- Harris and I and uh, might get a few chuckles for this one one of our, our big goals as well was um, to open a, a cafe in the east coast of America and um, uh, I was talking before about Say and how great that place is. Uh, but um, we've been really inspired by, uh, you know, the likes of La Cabra opening up in Greenwich Village in, in, in uh, New York. Um, the barn opening up in, like, Mallorca. Um, some of these uh, fantastic roasteries that we're massively inspired by. Um, uh, April op- opening in Seoul from Copenhagen. And it kind of just uh, does make you think, oh, that's not impossible which is a really healthy um, thing to see and a healthy kind of uh, attitude, hopefully, for us to have. So one day, um, the ultimate goal would be to have our coffee on uh, being served in Philly, uh, being served in Boston, being served in New York. That's a big goal. So we've got to work pretty hard. (laughs) I'm getting some funny faces from Jack here. We should probably go off this podcast and get to work. Um, So... Thank you very much. That's been a bit of a different podcast this week. We will try and come back. We do have more um, things going to stand in the way of future podcast qualities. Uh, our, our producer, podcast Maverick, uh, embroiderer of garments, uh, Monday afternoon e-commerce wizard, Jack uh, Macaulay is, um, is going off to Australia for two weeks on holiday, so um, fair play to him. Um, and... He's going to come back raring to go for more of this great content. In the meantime, Harris and I are going to continue doing Wednesday podcasts um, and we will try and make it look as good as possible. It won't be quite as good. It'll hopefully sound as good because we own the microphones. So don't worry about that. Um, Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for for listening. Um, It really does mean a lot to us if you do share. Um, We're really enjoying seeing people listening to um, the p- podcast and, and uh, watching along as well um, so it means the world it is in very much in its infancy now but hopefully we can continue to um, make content which is useful for, for listeners um, insightful but mainly uh, gives us a platform to really uh, analyse our own decision making in running a business and try and improve our, our, uh, our platform so Thank you again, and we'll see you soon. Cheers.